Right, welcome to The Breach, a Charlie Mike podcast. I'm Ty Braxton, and I just wanted to thank you for taking the time to listen in today. We're a group of Christians that discuss issues surrounding us today and how to build our faith and strengthen our walk with the Lord. We want to provide you with tools so that you can Charlie Mike. Charlie Mike is better understood as continue mission, and we want you to be able to Charlie Mike in your own mission field. Let's get started. A lot of things fall under legacy, like um, dynasty, heritage. Um, they're all, they're all related. They all don't mean the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, here's an example. I'll just go ahead and read off a few definitions real quick, just so we all can wrap our minds around. We're <clears throat> not confused. Um, a legacy is pretty much wealth that is left to someone in like a will. Um, a heritage is something that is inherited. So, I mean, and that can be property and um, it can be an allotted portion, so like property that's split up. And dynasty is a line of hereditary rulers of a country or a, a succession of people from the same family who play a prominent role in business, politics, or another field. So you, you always hear about the dynasties and um, how China came about and there was a ton of dynasties and dynasty switches and changes and uh, dynasties were conquered um, here since this is the same family i think it starts with the dynasty and then you know it builds a heritage and a legacy that was passed down through that dynasty so we see a lot of that with israel in the old testament um but one thing i wanted to bring up before we really dive deep into this, I thought it was odd that while I was reading in Joshua, it's talking about God giving the inheritance to the different tribes of Israel. And, you know, it says uh, Gad will get this, Benjamin will get this, um, Judah will get this. And in chapter 17, verse 1 of Joshua, it says, there was also a lot for the tribe of Manasseh, for he was the firstborn of Joseph. Namely, and this is the only time an individual is called out in this whole um, inheritance. Normally it's a tribe, but this one person's named out after Manasseh, and it was Manasseh's son, Macher. He was the firstborn of uh, Manasseh the father of Gilead, because he was a man of war. Therefore, he was given Gilead and Bashan. And I thought that was, that spoke volumes of Manasseh and Macher because God gave these people tasks and assignments and they were obedient. And um, not at the beginning, they were not obedient, but when they started conquering the lands, um, sometimes they were obedient, sometimes they weren't. But when we're we're given a task, and when we're obedient, it should be carried out in an aggressive manner. Of defeat is not an option. I'm going to be aggressive or violent, not in flesh and blood like back then. That's what the assignment was, but. Like for this podcast, we didn't just say, "Oh, let's you know start a podcast." Or let's you know <laughs> yeah. let's come up with some cool ideas. And, and no, we met. 
we, we started talking about topics right away. We met up uh, that next week. We started talking about future plans and how we're going to conquer those fields, that dynasty we were talking about, um, taking our allotment. And, you know, in a dynasty, it says they, the family plays a prominent role in business, politics, or another field. And there's more than just those fields. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, I mean, you got like the Kardashians, for instance. Yeah. Like, I mean, you have people that follow like family lineage in pop culture, I mean, politics, you name it. Like, there's, you can see obvious trends in, in certain areas in society where like families play a key role in shaping society. Um, so, that's pretty cool. Well, I mean, how we started, I, I think I called you first. When I, I was trying to figure out a way to fund Charlie Mike. Um, we all have families. We all have responsibilities. And for instance, I wanted to leave my kids my baseball card collection. I had an awesome collection. I had Jim Brown autographs and you know, Ed Reed, Peyton Manning, and I had Chipper Jones. And, some, and these weren't just autograph cards. These were cards that were numbered like one of one, one of five out of ten. And... I felt convicted because I was keeping those cards for my kids. So when they got older, that if they needed help buying an engagement ring or needed a deposit on their first place, when they moved out, I could say, Hey, we had fun putting this collection together whenever you were growing up. Now you can sell it and use it, you know, to further your life. And I texted Bob one night. I said, Bob, I'm struggling with this. because I felt convicted to sell these cards. And a lot of people are like, dude, it's just cardboard with somebody's name on it. Who cares? But I put a lot of time and energy putting the collection together because it was fun for me, one. But I feel like I would rather leave a dynasty behind for my kids That's good. than just something small that can help them out for a small amount of time on earth. So I sold like $3,000 worth of stuff in like two days. And we all met up and everybody looked at me funny because I said, hey, I made some money selling baseball cards. And they're like, you made that much selling some baseball cards? I was like, yeah, man. So I was like, I want to, you know, put this money towards a dynasty effort instead of just a, a Band-Aid for something later down the road. It'd be fun to do together, but this is something that my kids can see. They have great examples as part of this team that they can grow up with and challenge their walk. And when they're old enough, they can pick up a torch. That's a good inheritance yeah, for the, from the dynasty. Yeah. Well, plus, you're teaching them as if you were just doing cards. I mean, you really, okay, you can teach them like business out of that and yeah. stuff. But with this, you're giving them God's word. So, with how much further that's going to go, exactly compared to just a business style legacy. I mean, mm-hmm. this is a this is like I mean, like you said, a dynasty. It can just keep going as long as God, their eyes are focused on God, it won't end. Yeah, and then PV was talking about that. Um, Our pastor was talking about dynasties a while back. I think it was, I think it was a year ago, last summer. I'm pretty sure she was talking about the dynasty of David. Think about Solomon. Think about the legacy that David left to Solomon. Then think about the dynasty. All right, let me. You you take David from here, a a small shepherd boy in a field. And you can literally take him through the dynasty all the way up to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, that that says it all. I mean, that's, to me, these things, like these, 
Some of the hair test is it's, promise. It, yeah. Like, it just blows my mind to think about. Exactly. Well, I was, when I was, we were reading First Kings in our devotions, like, yeah. and, and I came across it after I, I went back and it, First Kings 11 says, then it will be if you obey everything I command you and walk in my ways and do what is right in my eyes, keeping my statutes and my mitzvah as my servant David did, then I will be with you and I will establish you a lasting dynasty as I there did for go. David. I will give you Israel. There you go, bro. So Spot, I, yeah, on. Exactly. Spot on. That's exactly <laughs> it, had, man. And the funny thing is, before you even said that, I had that, I had just pulled that picture. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> bro, and if you think about it, like, the fact that, I mean, God obviously knew all along, like, that he was going to bring Jesus through the seed of, of David's lineage, right? Of course. But if you look at it, like, God honored David because the scripture says that he was a man after God's own heart. Like, no right. matter what trial, tribulation, mess up, whatever, he always came back to the right. Father. Aggressively. Yes, yes. exactly. Like, yes. like my yes. back. Repentance. Just, and repentance yeah. isn't just being like, I'm so sorry. Repentance is a complete about face. Like, yeah changing everything saying listen i need to fix this right now god like i need you to do something in my life and i'm going to do my part so that you can do yours yeah and like if you look later in john i was just pulling this back up just for a scripture reference but obviously we know the scripture that tells us in john 4 um that god is looking for worshipers that will worship in spirit and in truth and if you think about it like that dynasty comes from like David being a worshiper that worshiped God, and then later on through the seed of Jesus, like, or through the seed of Mary, and now Jesus coming on the scene was through that lineage of worshipers. The tribe of Judah was the tribe of worshipers going on forward. Now we are those that can worship Jesus in spirit and in truth, and that's who God is looking for as disciples and, and his children. And now we have that same opportunity to be a part of a dynasty that we couldn't have been a part of before Jesus. Like, like mind blown. It's insane. And it's like, like Bob was saying, like every throughout the Old Testament, you'll see it in in First and Second Kings. You'll see it in. I'm pretty sure it was Psalms, but I know it was in Proverbs. But every time somebody was messing up, God's like, "You will be punished for this," but. I will preserve you. Yeah. Not because of you, but because of your father, David. Mm. Exodus 25 and 6. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love and keep my commandments. Wow. Uh, That's so easy to read over, I'm sure, when you're... Going oh, through yeah. some Old Testament. Oh, yeah. And, and I don't know how I found Macker. Like, because yeah. that stuff is so brain drain when you start going through the, going through all the tribes and all the, yeah. like, the locations that they're inheriting. And, and some of the tribes were, you know, cut in half because they wanted some of this land on the other side of the river and they're, so the other half wanted to be on the other side of the river. So that you're breaking down tribes at this point. Yeah. And it's just like, oh my goodness, there are so many names <laughs> and so many places, so many dates. And then Macker popped up out of nowhere. And I'm like, who is Macker? Where is that coming? Like, you don't hear people preach about Macker. No. But because he was a man of war? Mm. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. 
But another thing that's crazy is some some fathers, especially we can see that nowadays in the fatherless homes, um, but they didn't start there. It, you can see it in, uh, first you see it in 2 Kings. I found it in 2 Kings 20, 17 through 19, but you'll find it in Isaiah later because Isaiah is the one who told King Hezekiah um, about him not being uh, obedient. So, 2 Kings 20, 17 through 19. Uh, Behold, the days are coming when all this is in your house and what your fathers have accumulated until this day. Should have been an inheritance. Mm, that yeah. should have been an inheritance. Yeah. It shall be carried away to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, says the Lord. And they, and they shall take away some of your sons. So now you're talking about dynasty here. Taking away some of your dynasty. Yeah. Who will descend from you, whom you will beget. And they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. So Hezekiah said to Isaiah, the word of the Lord, which you have spoken, is good. For he said, will there not be peace and truth, at least in my days? So how selfish is that? He's even telling him, hey, some of your sons are going to be taken away into captivity. Part of your dynasty is going to be gone. Your inheritance is going to be lost. That's like you can take a treasure, but you take the sons, that's even Yeah, worse. so your, your, your inheritance is gone. Your dynasty is going to be uh, hacked at pretty much. And Hezekiah's like, it's okay because that's not happening when I'm alive. Who cares? Yeah. Wow. How selfish is that? Wow. Easy come, easy go. That stuff was left to him. He didn't work for it. He even showed the reason Isaiah was talking here is because I'm pretty sure he earlier in that in that chapter he was showing his wealth to everyone. They're like, hey, look what I got. Going through the going through the palace, just showing off all these things to the Babylonians, and then now it's saying the Babylonians are going to take it all. It's heartbreaking, honestly. Like when you think about it, in the sense of, in an application in today's society, like how many people have passed up on the opportunity to correct a wrong that they themselves are involved in in their family. For instance, you know whether it's an abuse or whether it's something that's just horrible or whether they're scandalous people that like to hoard money or you know whatever whatever it is they're creating patterns for their family by developing a routine of continually doing wrong and their kids are seeing this you know whether they're shoplifting whatever it is you look 5 10 15 years later that kid is going to be scarred that kid is going to be marked by the things that their parents did by the things that whoever their relative was like and you're affecting the future dynasty that you could have. You know, we talk about in church all the time, like generational blessings versus generational curses. Like, mm -hmm. really, yeah. the fine line between generational <laughs> blessings and curses is dependent upon one thing, and that's obedience. Yeah. Obedience yeah. to God. And you can really change and alter your dynasty, your destiny, your legacy, whatever you want to call it, by just falling out of obedience. To the father so and aggressively i just keep referring back to macker he was a man of violence he was a man of war but it wasn't just because he he excelled at it he he 
chased after obedience in a way that nobody else was doing. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been named. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we can, we can look at a lot of churches nowadays. Like, like we talked about last week, you know, oh, I go to church, I'm a Christian. Man, I might even give you two thumbs up. <laughs> but I mean, you, you have churches that just go through the motions, they go through the religious practices, they go through the they're Pharisees. Right. It's yeah. all for looks. Yeah. And there's gonna a lot of these churches will get an inheritance, you know, they'll they might they might be saved and and, and they'll receive their um, their portion in heaven, mm-hmm. but then you have churches that are like, I surrender all. Yeah, I will yeah. give up anything. Oh God, you want me to quit my job so I can go here? Done. Yeah, yeah. there's no, there's no comfort. Yeah, it's comfort searching. There's, hey, that needs to be done. God's telling me to do it. I'm not going to point the finger at someone else and and wait. I'm going to go at it. I'm going to go at it hard. Yeah, like Macker. Exactly. And I'm going to get the portion that was already promised, but I'm going after more mm-hmm. for my dynasty. I'm building a dynasty, not just receiving a portion. Yeah. Some will settle for the crumbs from the table, but there are people who want to sit at the table. So I just, I think it's super important for us not to just go through the motions and, and it's going to be tough. I mean, he was a man of war. He probably went through some, horrific things um had to do horrific things and that couldn't have been easy i mean he just didn't show up and become a spectator right he was on the field pushing through and pressing through yeah man that's deep (laughs) it's got me really thinking over here that's why i'm like being kind of quiet i'm just like wow like Cause there's so many parallels to like what we, what we experience right now, you know? And like, I was thinking about this when you're talking about, you know, Macker, like there's 24 elders in heaven, you know, bowing down at the feet of Jesus, casting down their crowns, as we know in revelation and crying out, holy is the lamb, worthy is the lamb that was slain. And when you think about that, like that separation between the elders Versus everybody else that gets to go to heaven, you know, yeah. the the only thing that separated them was their level of obedience, you know, and their level of servanthood and their willingness to lay themselves down, you know, lay literally lay all their desires, their will, their emotions, their mind, whatever it was, lay their lives down on the altar and say, God, like. I want you and you alone. And if I have to give up family, if I have to give up friends, if I have to give up whatever is comfortable, whatever this life has to offer is not worth what you have to offer. And that's why they get to be seated up there. And that's why even now, like they're still crying out holy. And even the cherubim that are around the throne room are still crying out holy. And every time they get a glimpse of more of his glory, they, they shroud themselves with their wings and they, and, and in the fear of the Lord, and just cry out holy even more. Another thing I think about is, you know, when you really have that servant's heart, it's not about what you can get. You're not, like we talked about last week, we're not looking to the blessing. We're looking to the assignment. The blessings will come through that. 
and you just brought up crowns. Mm-hmm. I mean, after all God has done for us, would you not want to go take the extra steps here? Building that dynasty, bringing heaven to earth. And when you get to heaven, be able to give him like not just a crown. Mm. There's there's yeah. multiple crowns that you can receive. Yeah. And why wouldn't you want to be able to give God more when you get there in person? You're not just mailing off some gift for somebody's birthday. You're going to be standing at the feet of Jesus, bowing down. He's going to be giving you a crown and then you're going to be able to give it back. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want to be just, hey, thanks for my crown. I want crowns. Yeah. That I can be given back. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I I had a similar um similar conversation talking about crowns today with a guy at work. Like uh, mm. um I have a he he's in the same building, but he's not part of the company or whatever. And he was like talking about the ripple effect. And it's funny how like dynasty plays so much into that. And he's like the person that you affect with the gospel today, just being obedient to Jesus. And then tomorrow ripples into someone else and then someone else and then someone else and someone else. I think that is a major part of dynasty Mm -hmm. because that final day, and we're all sitting there being judged and it's yeah. like, you know, here's your crown. The next thing you know, you're seeing the ripple effect from things that you just were obedient in the spirit. And you said, Hey, you know, man, Jesus, you know, and, and like whatever situation it is and the mm-hmm. Holy spirit unction, like leads you to somebody. And then the next thing you know, it's like the other thing. And I just think of my family. What if I, being a new Christian like 10 years ago, would have said, never brought it up to my sister? Think about that for a second. Like, I, and, mm. and my dad would have never came back to the church. Chris and wouldn't even be here. Chris would not be part of this. Mm. Like, wow. you know, Brad, Chase would not be part of this. My nephew would not be part of this. My nieces would not be part of this. Like, I mean, yeah. it has a huge ripple effect. Oh, yeah. And like, definitely. And it's all dynasty. Mm-hmm. It is. And that's so sobering. But if you if you get rewarded for that, like like Macker, they he, it's like, oh, this you know this tribe got this land, this tribe got this land. Macker got two, like, pieces of land. Right. Why? Because he he had a dynasty going. He's gonna have to. He's gonna need two pieces right. of land. Because he's going to fill it up. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. I mean, that's a macro moment. Yeah. You got people coming in. I mean, Brad's in the praise team. He's playing, you know, piano. And he can play other instruments. Yeah, guitar, bass. And then Chris is doing all kinds of, you know, social media (laughs) stuff and cameras. And And traveling abroad. Traveling abroad. Yeah. Think about the ripple effect that has. Think about him bringing Jesus overseas just to a boardroom that may never, no one there has 
first off, may have never been interacting with someone that speaks English to begin with. Next thing you know, they're bringing the name of Jesus. Who knows? Hmm. It's available. It's there. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you have something you want to say. <laughs> I just it, it, it I, is sobering. I, it yeah, is, James, honestly, Jason's been googling over there too. I think. No, I'm not trying to be quiet. It's just like thinking about all this is just hitting me so hard, man. Like it's, I I feel like it's a resurgence of like my calling again, almost like one of those moments where you you're face to face with your current situation where you're at, and also where you know there's more. And there's yeah. more of his presence. There's more in him. There's more there's for us more. to do. There's always. more. So that's kind of like why I'm kind of sitting back. I'm just like listening like, dang, like this is, it's so good. And it's so true because like, I've always told people like, I wanted to leave a legacy. I've always wanted to leave a legacy for my kids. Mm-hmm. And I think I misinterpreted the, the term for legacy. Cause you're right. Like when you look it up, it's just, it's money or a piece of property or yeah. something physical, tangible that you can pass down to your lineage. Um, and that's not what I wanted to leave. I wanted a dynasty. Yeah, I right. just didn't know the right verbiage. I didn't know exactly right. the correct you know, terminology. But I, I've been thinking about that and praying for about that for the past four years at least. But it's been something that's consumed my thoughts a lot like late at night and thinking about am I positioning myself for my future kids someday or my, you know, my future family. And it's just something that's always in the back of my head. So when you bring something that's always in the back burner, always in like kind of in the dark place, the quiet place to the forefront in a situation like this, it's kind of like, Oh man, like (laughs) we're going in it. We're like in the deep end, you know? So that's, that's, that's kind of where I'm at, man. Like I'm just, I'm encountering this as our listeners are encountering it. And it's just, it's incredible. Like dynasty is so huge and so important because it goes beyond yourself. It goes beyond just where you're at. Well, you have to think, you have to think beyond the present. You have to think like, I mean, I'll give a prime example. Um, uh, we are living in the dynasty that was set from the people that were praying over us and for us multi-generations ago. Absolutely. And that is all part of that dynasty. Mm. What if they would have failed in their obedience? I mean, what can you say? Yeah. And I, I think that's that's the sobering part for me because I'm like I'm like I am living out a dynasty that like let's just take my grandfather my grandfather who I had ran from most of like my teenage all the way up in the later adult years until um he passed away I was running from and it's nothing that he did wrong I was just scared of this Mm. he he was he was a deacon of a church for many years he you know he's he was first off he was a World War II uh, 
tank commander in in wow. in the hundred and first. I know you know all about that. You know, like the army command, the tank commanders. I mean, the tank battalion, hundred and first. World War Two, they were at the Battle of the Bulge, and yeah. like they were it's pivotal, man. Yeah, un- directly history. under Patton. Um, and as a kid, I was infatuated with the stories that he would tell. Just you know, I mean, he wouldn't even tell them to my father, but he would tell them to me. Wow. And um, I think there's something in that mm-hmm. also. Yeah. And it's not that he didn't want my dad to know. It's kind of the same thing as my dad will talk to everybody else about things he experienced. Yeah. But he won't talk to me about it. Mm. And it's, I think there's something in that. It's, it goes beyond you. Yeah. And um, so... Like I think about him and whenever he got out of World War II, like he went through his kind of rapscallion days, you know, he drove motorcycles and, and, you know, him and my, my great uncle would get like alcohol and stuff. And Mm -hmm. like, I I remember hearing stories about my grandmother, you know, (laughs) coming and like, basically hitting him and saying, no, you're going to get that out of my yard. Like, he had a truck full <laughs> Come on, of food. And imagine, <laughs> imagine the legacy that leaves. And, yeah. like, and like, he then like realized, you know, I need, I need to leave, live my life right and live it for, you know, Jesus. And wow. like, and like he was transformed, I think because not just because like he had my grandmother who was praying over their relationship in World War II, which that could be a whole thing all on its own, but wow. also because she was praying over who she saw he was. Mm. And then he became so pivotal in the church at that point and started praying over his children and pulling his children out of bondage mm. and pulling his children into the dynasty. And then he even prayed over me and my sisters and my cousins. And like, I remember these things so vividly and I ran from it. Wow. Until now here I am walking in it. Um, I remember being a kid, a little kid, I'm talking real little. And like, it, it was one of our first encounters we ever had. And it brought to remember something that happened to me as a little kid. And tell me if this is not living out dynasty. Like he, I remember as a young kid, like super little, one of the very few times I ever went to church and hearing a pastor just preach and how like aggressive he was speaking and all that. I just remember that stuff being kind of um, uh, very dominant in my mind. And after that, which I've always been drawn to like kind of the more the offensive, not offensive. I have to always clear that up, but yeah. offensive stance on things, you know, exactly. Very forward facing, very forward momentum, like, you know, the breach, but like, you know, very spearheading, you know, yes, things. Absolutely. I've always been attracted to that. So anytime something was like that, I always sparked my interest. And I remember in the car with both my grandparents in the front seat and my sister beside of me, me and me saying the exact words, Hey grandpa, I want to be a preacher. 
and wow. him looking at me and go and saying, I mean, that's fine. I'm glad for you, but I want you to understand. I want you to figure out what kind of preacher you want to be. Mm. And I remember that so vividly. Wow. And, um, yeah, dude, it's dynasty is just amazing. And I'm seeing the whole overarching picture. Yeah. Where I have pastors that are his sons now and like everything from like, uh, you know, they're, they're high position leaders in churches, you know, through like one is in Ohio and like, I I mean, just anyway, it just blows my mind. I could keep going on a tangent. It goes, it goes to show you back where you were talking about how, you know, he, he would, um, you know, after he, you know, found, came to God, like, you know, your grandma and stuff like that, that, you know, he, his prayers, you know, they probably were directed at y'all and over. And so the blessing and the obedience of him, when you walked away, like you said, you ran. I mean, come on, we all heard it. You can't run from God. Well, I you didn't can't run. run. So the inheritance just was was still attached to you, right? You know what I'm saying? That that, that dynasty of his wow. is still attached oh, to oh, you. Oh, dude, that just blew my dude, mind. Dude, that's right so there. good. So yeah. it's it, it you 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 can run all you want, but God's not letting his his obedience, you know, Dang. go away from you from what you did. Come it's true. On. That's a David moment. That's a that's a. I mean, look, bro, I've never yeah. heard it talked about that. Wow, one. that's yeah, insane. I just that. <laughs> While dude, you were speaking, yeah. every time you said something, it just I just just was visioning like just everything. Just God, just like no, this is His. This is His. Yeah. you're not going anywhere because right. of Him, yeah. dude. That that also it's like the commanded blessing exactly, in your dude, life because that also He like and that makes me think He saw it, like He yeah. almost had a vision for it. Like, wow. Wow. That just, uh, dude. I mean, that's what, <laughs> that's what the Old Testament shows yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. Even, I mean, there's a lot of kings in here who are worshiping idols. Yeah. You know, all kinds of stuff being punished. The amount of times and, and, you read the Asherah pole being put up. Oh, my. Come on. Yeah. yeah. I mean, anyway. I, well, I was just yeah. in a conversation with the pastors um, in a prayer meeting thing. And I was telling them that oh, what is it? we were talking about something, and I was just like, I was like, yeah, I was like, oh, it was about you know a later subject um, of God, you know, killing people more than you know right. Satan. But anyway, I said it's it's it was not like that. It was like he kept telling them not to do that, right? But yet there they were still doing it. You know what I'm yeah, saying? The promise like, means the, the promise was maintained. Just yeah. kept going, like they just kept putting up the idols. Kept doing it. No, yeah. you know? No. Well, it's funny. God shows his face and you still want to replace him with something else. That blows yeah. my yeah. mind. Right. Yeah. We had that conversation. I think we've had that conversation. Oh, yeah. And like, it, there's, uh, anyway, all right. I could, ch- I, it would change subjects. I, I, like I, like I like to hit back on something you said yeah. about the, about you being awake to the dynasty and legacy. You want to, you always was a legacy, but then you're like, oh no, I want to leave the dynasty. Yeah. And you know, it just it just hit me whereas legacy is worldly, dynasty is kingdom minded. That's mm. you know, legacy is is mainly what we think of in the world. That's what we want to leave. But when you're thinking kingdom minded, it's dynasty. Yeah. It sure. holds more value. 
Yeah. So it's got to be kingdom minded. Because it continues. The legacy stops with you. Yeah, exactly. And that's the world. And the inheritance goes on to the next generation, but the dynasty just keeps going. Yeah, that's that's where you know the difference. In this world, there's so much stuff that can be left, but no kingdom, it's it's never ending. Yeah. It's, you know, infinite. It's got that eternal weight to it. Exactly. That eternal purpose. Uh, And what you said, man, like, I know that was Holy Spirit when you said that about, like, how even though you were running, Bob, like, there was no way, like, God loved you so much that even through all this stuff, like, he was still honoring the prayers of your your grandfather. Exactly. And his blessing was still attached to your life, even in the midst of all that. And I know, I know you have stories about, you know, you could have died so many times with different <laughs> stuff, like, yeah, yeah. you know, but I mean, it's, a, it's true. It's a reality yeah, of just, like, yeah, just think of how many of those are prayers. Yeah, that exactly. Cover, exactly. Cover prayers. Like you could have. Yeah. But I mean, my grandma, like in our family, she's kind of like the matriarch of our family. Like she's like prayed everybody in like is super faithful about praying every morning calls us out by name yeah like reads the word just i mean she's like everything stereotypical about a southern like christian (laughs) grandma that's like my mom my grandma like that's how she is like she's such a sweet old lady but like she doesn't know a stranger like everybody comes up to her calls her grandma like you know like she might not even like be that close with them, but there's she's still family to them, you know. Yeah. And like she would call me sometimes when I was on the road, and she'd be like, "Hey, I just wanted to tell you I, I love you and I miss you, and I haven't heard from you in a while, but I'm praying for you and I'm I'm really grateful for what you're doing." And man, there's so many times where my parents did that or different people, like even from church and stuff like that when I was gone and just in the middle, like we were talking about before we started about how it, you need those people to kind of like call you in the midst of what you're going through and to check in on you and say, Hey man, like, how are you doing? Like, are you okay? Can I pray for you type of thing? Like I was the same way when I was gone and traveling and stuff. And like, I would, I would lose focus of relationship because I thought that I was prioritizing the purpose of what I was doing but by prioritizing things over people, I devalued relationship and devalued like the weight of like true friendship and true like family. And so like it was it's it's been a rocky road, like coming off of that and coming out of just being busy and just doing this and that. And, you know, even even though it was a good thing, what I was doing, like I just got caught up in it and allowed like even if you are you love your work or even if you serve at a church or whatever it is if you consume yourself with just that thing and you you isolate yourself from everybody around you isolate yourself from your family your loved ones your friends people that you're called to minister to that you don't minister to because you're so consumed by your task like you're missing it you know that's not what it's about so that's been a lesson like that i've been having to learn because like, I don't want to leave a dynasty. Like, everybody in my family has been hardworking people. Like, I mean, <laughs> sacrifice so much work over time and I, everything else, like, to put food on the table and everything. But in the midst of all that, like, God was our provider. And there was yeah. no way that they could have worked enough, 
with the incomes that they had at certain yeah. times and stuff like that to been able to provide, but God still provided. And more than anything, like for my kids one day, I don't want to leave a dynasty of, of workaholic. I don't want to leave a dynasty of, well, dad can never take work and leave it at work. He always brought it home and was always, you know, consumed by it and his brain never shut off. Like, right. I want to have that healthy separation. I want to have that ability to be like, no, I'm going to work hard, but I'm going to play hard. I'm going to have right. fun with my kids, like, you know, and enjoy that. And so that that's the past season of my life, like relationships and everything has just been kind of heightened more and turned into something that's more of a focus for me now. So I feel like I'm still, I'm learning a ton, like all the time. Like I'm definitely not an expert at all, but it's just, it's interesting, man. Dynasties. It's pretty cool. It's super important. Um, and I feel like we put a lot of effort into talking about revival. Yeah. Um, yeah. For some time at our church. And I think that's super important if you want to keep keep going aggressively, stay focused on the dynasty. Um, cause our church is definitely, uh, invested in dynasty building. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like we talked about last week, we're going to have those people who come in and since they don't feel comfortable, they're going to try to discourage you. Yeah. You know, oh God, you don't have to do that to get to heaven. And God's going to still love you. And you, know, you don't have to do all that work. And, because they don't feel comfortable doing it. They don't want to right. bad yeah. if right. they catch you doing it and them not doing it. So um, people are going to find, they're going to try to try to put a label on your worth, I guess, yeah. as a Christian. And exactly. to, to our listeners, I really feel like we need to press this in. Um, you know, if you have been working on a dynasty, keep putting the work in. If you're already part of a dynasty, you know, carry that that inheritance and that legacy through the dynasty and pass it on um yeah and if you if you're not part of a dynasty yet it's, you can be the founder you can be the you know the person who lays down the foundation um but don't let anybody try to tell you what your worth is because they're always going to try to say well this is your net worth how many times we've heard oh i'm worth i'm worth more dead than i am alive because it's some life insurance policy they have or Something like that. Yeah. They're they're worth I'm worth I'm worth more dead than I am alive. And people are gonna try to put that that net worth yeah. on you. They're not gonna they're not gonna tell you of your gross worth. Mm-hmm. They're gonna they're gonna say, Oh, you're taxed, you know, you're tired, you you're a workaholic, like you said, mm-hmm. you, you haven't put the time in with your family or <sighs> you're just not worth as much as you think you are. And you should, you know, do something different than what God's called you to do so you can get what the world has to offer, you know, yeah, so you can right. get that, that worth because it's, it's tangible, mm-hmm. but, uh, we all have the potential to use our gross worth and, and build the dynasty that way and pass on that inheritance. Mm-hmm. So each person down that line in the dynasty can see, can, can access that potential. Yeah. And I feel like revival is one of the best ways to do that because how else are you going to be brought back to life than through a revival? And sometimes yeah. those revivals don't happen. Sometimes it'll happen in your living room in prayer. Yeah. You'll be convicted. Yeah. That's the best one. You, you, <laughs> and yeah. And you just talked about, you know, repentance. Yeah. You, you can't have revival without repentance. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you're going to have that thing. Sometimes you don't even know you're doing anything wrong. Sometimes it'll just hit you. 
Like I, I was pretty convicted to get rid of like it is we're talking about baseball cards here. It's not that big of a deal, but it is a big deal when God's trying to tell you, I would rather you put your time and your investment in something I have for you that's bigger than just something monetary for your kids. Cause I mean, once those cards are sold, that's where it stops. That's, the buck stops right there. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing about money. It, it stops. The buck will stop, but, but the dynasties don't. And, and, and those prayers don't, as we just talked about with you, they yeah. don't just stop. And sometimes the people who are praying might not see the blessing. Yeah. David didn't get to see the temple get built, exactly. but, but he right. made, he made sure everything was in line for Solomon. Yeah. That Great. temple was built before it's even he saw it gone. before it happened. Yeah, before he even came to right, yeah. and and well, God told David, "You're not going to build this temple, right. but I'll give you everything you need to make sure that your son can build yeah, it." And yeah. Solomon took it, and he went even, you know, above what David wanted to do yeah. with that temple, because David set that example. Yeah, yeah, and he showed Solomon his potential. So that dynasty just, it's a shame what happened with you know, Israel. You, you just said something to me, just, it, 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 it got me on where you said that he, he, Solomon, made it even better. You know, mm-hmm. even, but, you know, and, and it ain't got nothing to do with like um, my kids or nothing, but, um, you know, had, you know, somebody working under me and when I was, you know, I've been in, the one of my trade for 20 years doing it and I had somebody working under me and he would make a comment and say you know I can do this faster than you now I can do it better than you and I'm like I look at him and say I want you to and he looked at me funny I'm like because that means I did my job and I showed you how to do it and that means you excelled at it even beyond what I showed you like I gave you what you needed and you're now making it better Man. You know, I that so that's a kingdom it, mindset. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, it was just a job, you know. But in life, it goes for life too. You know, yeah. For my kids, um, when you brought up the point of you know legacy, my first reaction was legacy, you know, and stuff and dynasty, and I was like, you know, I always think of sons, inheritance, sons, you know, and when you know you pass away, like all right, say for instance the name, you have daughters. The name, you know, mm. it doesn't go. So I was like, I have two daughters. And they're like, it, 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 it struck, you know, well, does it still carry, you know, the same value? You know, bloodline, bro. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, I'm, but you know what I'm trying to say? Like when people see it, you know, so it's not about the name. It's about what I instill in them. And so like, like the job, like for my kids, you know, I want them to see what I do, but I want them to do it better than I did. Mm-hmm. Because if they don't do it better than one, is it it stalls, and yeah. it's not going anywhere. And so if they do it better than I do, and and like take for instance, um, you know, serving, I want them to do it with me, because I want them to see what happens, and I want them to actually excel at it better than I ever did. Yeah. So that right there, when we talk about dynasty, that's what I want for my girls is to serve. You know better than I did, yeah. you know, and not like putting it on a pedestal, but you know, of course we all know serving is what Jesus told us to do. Yeah. Right? He said to serve, you know, so I want them to do it better than I did. I want to do it way more than I did. You know, yeah. I want them to not stop. Yeah. So 
Agree. Man, that's like the definition of agape love. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, that's. Man, this has got me introspective. <laughs> it is. This, is not, this is not one of those like lighthearted. No, like, this is a, this is a call to action. Yeah, this, and this it's a get off your rump and it, get and it. It's an unselfish call. It is. Yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah. It's a, it's a leave the. And it takes mind. it takes a lot of discipline because it starts as soon as you wake up. It's not just yeah. oh at three o'clock I'll invest in my kids. Oh, at this time I'm gonna no. They're gonna see. I remember um, seeing my mom when um, I would get up for school. And I've always been an early riser, but when I would get up, my mom's already in prayer. Like, I I just walk past her because I know do not interrupt my mother when she's <laughs> got the Bible's open or she's praying. Like, just keep walking, go get your, you know, Captain Crunch and keep moving. <laughs> so, so I would see her every morning doing that. And that, you know, instilled something in me. Yeah. And and my dad would, you know, sit down with me and take me out and spend time with me. He had a crazy work schedule. Um, and my mom was in college. So he would try to make time and make us feel like, you know, we were super important because he was doing something out of the ordinary to make sure we had his attention. Mm-hmm. And, um, but one of the things that I picked up in the military, and it was through leadership, that I had, thank goodness, because it helped me as a leader. Um, when I was up for my sergeant, the army, <laughs> I was on my second deployment in Iraq, and I had, I was filling out some paperwork for a combat action badge, which I was confused because I got a combat action badge on my first deployment. You can't have two. So I was like, wait, why am I filling this out? They said, well, this is your first deployment. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> like, this is my second deployment. I was over here like not even a year ago. I just came right back over. <clears throat> and I was like, they really, I went back to my leadership. And it's like, they think this is my first deployment. And they said, well, where's your paperwork? I was like, oh, in a box. They're like, wrong answer. Like, that is not how you take care of your paperwork because the Army will lose your paperwork. So you need to be able to, he said, all right, go get a notebook, go bring me your paperwork. We're going to sit down and put this together. I said, all right, cool. Put it together. You know, went for my board and turned in my paperwork and I got promoted to sergeant. And I was like, what in the world? He's like, look, you need to have three copies on you at all times. One to turn in. One for if they lose it, you can turn in. And one for your personal files, but always keep two on person. So that way, when they lose, not if they lose it, but when they lose it, because <laughs> it was constant. Um, I mean, how do you use the military? Yeah. So <laughs> filing is not our, you know, strength. So uh, I said, all right, cool. And he's like, this is your, I love me. But I was like, it's my what? I was like, this is some like Barney style. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's why we say break things down Barney style. We got to break it down because we're, you know, grunts you know we don't really use our brains very much it's more reaction than anything else so um he made he made me put together my i love me book and i was like this is super conceited like this is so <laughs> all about me and he's like look this is to protect yourself it's not that you're in love with yourself it's just you need to protect yourself 
and all your accomplishments are stored in this. So I said, all right, cool. So after I got my sergeant, I got put into a squad leader position and then I got promoted to staff sergeant and every single soldier, the first thing I did, because you're supposed to go meet the first sergeant and the commander and your chain of command and all that stuff. But I told the team leaders, I was like, I want you to get your privates and I want to sit down at the desk, bring any paperwork. It might just be one or two sheets because they just got on basic training. I want them to bring any medical records, any supply issue, anything and bring it to the desk. We're putting together the I Love Me book first day every time we get a new soldier, period. And, you know, the private comes in and it's like, oh, okay, sorry, steps on, you know, I got my stuff and putting it together. He's like, why do I got to do this? I was like, well, it doesn't take very long, does it? And he's like, well, no, it doesn't take very long. And I said, well, let's do it now. Why it doesn't take long. When you get things like paperwork or orders or promotions or awards, you just slide it into the book you've already put together. Super easy. And they would always... You know, oh, okay, thanks. And I was like, well, you can even keep it in my office. So if you need it, it's right there. But you need to keep a copy on you. So I started doing that. And I got all my guys, like, promoted, like, private, private first class, a specialist, a sergeant. You know? And, I, I mean, I'm looking at guys now that are staff sergeants that were privates when they came in. And they would thank me for that. And I'm like, I want you to be able to. Two reasons. One, I care about your, you know, career. I want you to be able to excel in your career because you have families. I want you to, I want you to do the job better than me. So I'm preparing you to do the job better than me. This is, and this is where it really meets the middle because this can happen to any one of us until many churches. Because I've seen churches fall when something like this happens in combat. If I go down. All four of my team leaders better know how to do my job. My assistant squad leader will step up and become the squad leader. If my platoon sergeant goes down, I become the platoon sergeant. And we had this chain of command. Everybody needs to know two jobs ahead of them. So if somebody goes down, they know what to do. It's not, oh, there goes our leader. What do we do? Yeah. Deer in headlights. And then everybody gets killed. How many times have we seen churches pastor die they didn't train the next person to take their place they're just we're hiring a new pastor and then you applications to instead of just yeah we already have people who are called to be in this church to right. take up the torch and, and and stay in the fight not we're gonna sit out of the fight for a little while wait for you know a new leader yeah. Now, yeah. we already have people ready to jump in and continue in the fight and I think that's super important. We have to have people trained to do our job, not only to take our place, but do it better than us. Yeah. To keep yeah. the dynasty going. The inheritance we get, we can build on. And yeah. Keep going with the dynasty. Yeah. Right. That, that similar uh, with the classes that I'm taking and everything and, you know, the, the thought of like my house expanding. Mm-hmm. Um, yep coming up that's that's not a matter of if it's a matter of when yeah. Yeah. and um, that's been weighing really heavy on my mind like whenever I'm at home because of the intense amount of stress at work you mm-hmm. know uh, I come home and usually it's like brain shut off Bob like 
body in relax mode, you know, because of, I mean, just to put it all in, 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 in context, like, you know, uh, being out for a couple of days, uh, and then I come back and it's still a couple of days worth of work instead of things moving forward yeah. without me there. Like I'm having to come, that shows you the intensity at which I work. Like, yeah. like not saying no one else can do it. Just no one else will. will. <laughs> and so it's, uh, and it's not like I haven't tried to pull others in. It's just, you know, whenever you're vacuum. Yeah, it's the vacuum. And so um, with that being said, like what kind of example would I set, you know, coming home, shutting off, just. Yeah, we've all been guilty of it at some point. And I'm known to do it all the time, like in all honesty, like because of the high stress. Yeah. Come home. Layout, you know. And if, if I'm not like spending time with tea, you know, like, yeah, you know, vegging out to maybe, you know, 30 minutes to an hour of a television show or like, you know, maybe, you know, 30 minutes to an hour of a video game or something, you know, something just mindless, you know, what kind of example, because if, all right, let's, let's just say this, let's say I bring a child into my house and, you know, I'm up and out before they even get up. Right. Okay. So they don't see that private time that I have like with God first thing in the morning. They don't see the prayer. I mean, even my wife like doesn't see these things because you know, she gets up way later than I do. I mean, way later. <laughs> so, like, so, um, sorry, honey. Uh, she's getting up while you're coming home from work. No, I'm kidding. In some respects, that is the truth. Like, like you know, like certain days, I'm getting off five thirty, six o'clock, and coming home, and she just went to work at like three thirty, four o'clock. Yeah, you know, and like. So she doesn't even see it. So what kind of example am I leading by? You know, that's been weighing heavy on my mind here lately is what am I doing to prepare them to have a relationship with God? What am I doing to show them that, you know, they can do this thing and, and have the relationship with God that I do and like have that just as much as I do. And Mm. like, that's been weighing so heavy on me here lately like um especially in that dynasty thing man and that's where like whenever you said dynasty and like we started putting it all into contrast Mm -hmm. i started thinking about my grandfather and my dad and like you know my family and stuff and then bringing these these new children into my house like that's the ripple effect because you know, getting more specific, deep diving into what I'm really talking about, like, like fostering children. And these kids only have like weeks to months to maybe a year 
in your home unless there's the opportunity of adoption. I mean, right. just being real. Um, that what you do in just a short amount of time can have a lasting effect in their life for the rest of it. Yeah, exactly. You, the, I mean, it only takes a moment like, yeah. for the Holy Spirit to grab a hold of somebody and like shake them up yeah. and like, and you know, God comes down in like one of those just earth shaking moments and like changes your life forever. And like one of these kids come in and it's like, they come from like traumatic backgrounds. 90% of them. I well, just being real about it. If, if, if they have been pulled away from their natural family yeah, it's because of a trauma. Exactly, it yeah. is not because of their family didn't want them. Right, just being real. Yeah. Okay, so they already have a devalued self worth. Right. So that being said, like, like, well, what are we just talking about? I know. We just man. talked about I, revival. Like, we talked about it, revival. Dude, that's why this is all and messing potential. Me up. <laughs> potential. Like David showed Solomon that potential. Right. He, right. he, there was so much revival involved in, in all of our lives because we were not in a place to where we could do anything like this. Yeah. None of us were. Right. Well, and, and, but we, we were shown our worth and our potential to grow and to, the inheritance is there for us. And then we take it and then we're part of the dynasty. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, okay, let's, let's yeah. take it a step further. What about Elijah? And Elisha. Yeah. Like, what about those two? Like, like even so much, say the children get put into my care. Mm -hmm. Okay. And anytime I'm in a leadership position, it always weighs heavy on me. Okay. I get that, man. And, (laughs) and, um, like to an extreme where it's like, I feel pressed by it. And it's not, it's not a burden. It's a burden. You're scared it's of failure. You don't burden. want to fail people. Exactly. That's where and my problem was. Okay. Culture. It always starts with God first. Yeah. And I always don't want to fail him. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. And if I feel like I can't give a hundred and this is going into that, like that, that black and white mindset that I can't seem to get out of. I have a hard time with gray areas. Either or. Right. Yeah. I I, I have a really hard time. I'm either 100 on or 100 off. Right. And and I don't know why that is. It's just how my brain works, I guess. And like, if, if I slip just a little bit in my mind where I'm not giving it 100, I have a really hard time. Mm-hmm. A really hard time. Usually it's either a hundred or none. Right. Um, and like, um, so thinking of putting that all in contrast, like with the, the, man, I had so many points. I jumped in my mind and just springboarded. Right <laughs> it's all good. But like with that being said, like the, the burden that now I feel because what if this is that moment that can save these children's life. Right. What if this is that moment that this is the only time in their life that they hear about Jesus? 
Right. The only time in their life they hear about the truth and, and that no matter the devaluing that has happened in the past, no matter what someone may have called you, named you, spoke over you, said about you, or even that you said about yourself because of a situation, yeah. no matter none of that, that matters not. What if this is that moment that breaks all that? Yeah. What if this is that moment that now they are part of your dynasty? Now that they are part of the dynasty that Jesus has called you to step into and lead through. Yeah. Man, as you were talking about earlier, about, and and right now, when you were talking about you feel the burden of, you know, being a foster parent and being a, being a father, really. Um, I heard this phrase like in my head, and I believe it was the Holy Spirit, but our discipline with obedience determines the depth and effectiveness of your di- your dynasty. Mm-hmm. I'll say that again. Discipline with obedience determines the depth and effectiveness of your dynasty. All right. I need that. <laughs> but it starts at a young age, man. Um, they might not see the devotionals. They might not see the prayer. Um, but you can make time for reading them like my kid my kids are you know four and three i mean we're not gonna have a lot of (laughs) hey let's be quiet or let's you know let's let's just sing without dancing prayer because if i turn on some music for prayer it's not gonna be a prayer session it's gonna be it's gonna be a it's gonna be a freaking mosh pit (laughs) um i feel invite me next time i mean that's 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 them. So, you know, they want to swing broomsticks around at that point. They can hear playing guitars and hitting people. So, um, but there was something I'm looking for. I was, I'll, I'll take time for the kids. If I can get my work, I have a problem about being a workaholic sometimes. And it's normally because I'm not getting enough work done. Mm. And it's because nobody's giving me that time to get things done. And my wife has figured out if she gives me that time, normally if, cause I'm up at five. So by 12, I've had a full work day and she's like, all right, if I can let him get up and handle his business, he'll be home around lunch. And when I do, when I'm home around lunch, I'm all about, you know, whatever everybody else is doing. Mm. Right. You have my undivided attention. Yeah. And that has been super, uh, super healthy for our family growth. And I'll, I'll take time to, you know, read, read things to the kids and, I would, I'll let them pick out stories, but we have a lot of Bible stories for them um, to pick out. And one of them, they really like Noah, the, the, the rainbow and boat book. <laughs> so um, Linux, one night, I, here it is, I found it. Um, this is just the wisdom of a child. And I don't know if some of y'all have seen this already or not, but I posted it on Facebook. I don't really get on much, but I had to post this. Uh, Linux is, he's only three, and he wanted me to read bedtime story about Noah and the ark and I started reading the story I said long long ago there lived a man named Noah who loved God but not everyone was good like him and they sit certainly didn't let God into their hearts and Lennox straight up interrupted me he goes that's dangerous mm. I'm like oh, wow. babes dude three years old and he just pretty much nailed it like yeah. when you when I say nailed it, he nailed it. Oh yeah. Mm. And 
I'm just like that was a that was an encouragement for me because I was yeah. you know like man am I really you know they're still young so yeah they still got some time before I can really start opening up some things to them but I can at least plant some seeds right now and when he said that I was like. I was like crying, man. Wow. <laughs> I was nah, like, that's got me emotional over here. I was that's, like, yeah, that's man. Intense. That I was like, that is dangerous. Linux, good job, buddy. Like, yeah, yeah. Good for you. And then, you know, Maverick wants me to read a different book, so I gotta go into another room and read him a book. <laughs> because, but then I as soon as I finish that, I hear one more story. And I'm like, I can't read eight books tonight, guys. Like, I cannot do it. I gotta talk to mommy for a little while before we go to bed, but it's like, because we're trying to plan, you know, the next day. Because now we got a newborn in the house. So it's like, talk about trying to be prepared and failing. <laughs> 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 but, I mean, you're going to have moments where you feel like you're not doing, you know, what you need to do. But you are. The seeds are being planted. And they're, they're you're going to reap what you're sowing. And the kids are going to, they're going to hang on to that inheritance. And carry on to that dynasty and even if they don't it's still attached to them they're still carrying it even if it's not for them it might be for you know the next generation but you're gonna have those those moments the bedtime story moments where it's just like man this is really affecting me in a good way yeah yeah it only takes a few minutes yeah man for sure like when you're talking about how you 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 almost felt like you didn't know what you were doing was actually getting through to your kids like mm. i just feel like i feel like from god like i need to say this to those people that even if you feel like right now you're not putting your best foot forward you're not being disciplined with your devotions or being disciplined with making sure you're living a lifestyle that's worthy of carrying out a dynasty for your kids or for your wife or whoever it is, I just want to speak to you and just encourage you and say, you can keep going. You can continue mission. It's okay to fail every once in a while. It's okay to mess up because, you know, God loves us and his grace is sufficient, but it's not okay to abuse that grace. But I want to tell you, it's okay to fail. Just don't live in your failure. Just don't continue in a mindset of failure. We want you to, to, to take encouragement from this tonight and, Whenever you're listening to this, whether it's day or night, we're recording it at night. And for you to get the fact that you can continue mission uh, in carrying out a dynasty and carrying out a lifestyle that's worthy of living. And how do you do that? You go back to that area that you know you failed in and you do it again, but you do it right. If you had a, a discrepancy with your wife or your, your coworkers or people that you you made them mad and you were wrong in the way you said it, even if you were right, go back to them and fix the issue, fix the offense, fix the, fix the thing that you know is wrong. If you're continuing to, to sin or you're continuing to do whatever it is, take action steps to put you in a place where you can continue on mission with what God has called you to do. No matter what comes, no matter what insecurity you might be facing, no matter what pride you might be facing because you don't want to lay that thing down. I just want to encourage you, continue mission and never stop. This is the Breach Podcast. We're so honored to be able to talk to you guys tonight. And thank you for listening. We hope that you gain some wisdom out of this. And we just want to close this thing out with a quick word of prayer. Yeah. All right. Father God, we thank you 
for this podcast. We ask that you would bless it. You would bless our listeners. Father, help us to understand the importance of dynasty and carrying out a lifestyle that is worthy of your calling on our lives, God, that we can continue mission and continue doing what you've called us to do right where we're supposed to be in our families first and then on the streets and then in our churches, Father. We ask you for divine order in our lives. We ask you to give us wisdom beyond our years and give us peace that surpasses all of our understandings. In Jesus' name, Lord, we want to continue mission. Amen. Amen. Amen.